talking about this ninth day of Av, and and again, anytime that you you get to come in here and we talk about the feasts or the the different parts of the biblical calendar and pointing out again how God brings things back around for our own benefit. Yeah. Say, okay, look, this is how this is going to go. <laughs> this is how it has gone. Yeah. Please learn from this. Uh, and we tend to still need shaking every now and then. So Ninth of Hav is one of those shaking days yeah. for you. And, you know, I'm so very thankful for, you know, we talk about it, we play the music and the songs and all, but I'm so thankful that God is a God of mercy and yeah. compassion when Moses asks him, I want to see you I wanna, and uh, hear your name and he asks all these things and this God of compassion and kindness and mercy and uh, so often we don't think of him in that vein and we realize that we just get in our mind a certain thing and yeah. The spies had that exact same problem. They just, uh, boy, they just had a hard time. And, you know, there's there's a lot of things in Scripture that are tough to understand. Now, we're talking about the ninth of Av, the day that they were kind of cast back into the wilderness. They refused to go in the promised land. So God said, okay, fine. We'll just give you your own promised land. It'll be wilderness because this is what you want. You want to die in the wilderness? Okay, we got it for you. So one of the things that can confuse some folks is this notion of killing everyone. Just going into Canaanites, the Amorites, kill them all. Right. So they were constantly warned about the dangers of not destroying the Canaanites. And I've talked, you know, as we've been over here the last 40 days, kind of took you through this real in-depth study of the Canaanites and where they were and the evil of Canaan and all his offspring. And there's lots of giants there which tell you there were fallen angels that were involved in all Mm -hmm. this. And so Numbers 33 says this, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes. Wow. Barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides. I don't like either one of those. No. They'll give you trouble in the land where you'll live, and when I, then I will do to you what I plan to do to them. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. If you ever, well, when you find this desire to sin, you think, I, it's okay, I can get away with it. It's dark. I, it's darkness. I, I can, you know, the problem with them, with Israel, their whole history is that they, they didn't listen to warning. Warnings never worked. And so I asked that question, you know, why did no one listen to Joshua or Caleb or Moses or Aaron? None of the tribes they come from, they were the men, but nothing. So here's, let me show you a little bit of why. We've got to go back in history a little bit. Go back into Genesis again. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. So this is where all these, this is the roots come from here. At that time, Judah left his brothers. This is the, one of the sons of Jacob. We know Judah and Caleb are two of the key folks in our story. Judah left his brothers, went down to stay with a man of Adullam named Hira. There Judah met the daughter of a Canaanite man named Shua. He married her, and they raised a family together. All right, so when you go back to the history of Israel, from the very get-go, they're marrying the wrong people. It's one of the, the defining things, the, the difference between Jacob and Esau. Esau went and married people of the land. Jacob went away and, and uh, found Rachel and Leah that were family members. So they raised a family together, Judah and this Canaanite, and his firstborn son is described as wicked in Jehovah's sight, so Jehovah put him to death. So he had another son. And what he did was wicked in Jehovah's sight, so Jehovah put him to death also. So I'm just saying, Judah, 
Judah, Judah, Judah. <laughs> he he does not learn well. So the tribes of Israel that arrived at the edge of Canaan were not just the sons and daughters of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had already intermixed with the Canaanites. So the land and the people were not people to destroy in their eyes. There was a significant reality that they were family, and their gods were still, in some ways, their gods. You know, otherwise, what they make a golden calf, and they start worshiping this golden... This is our God. You brought us out of Egypt. It's like, what? What are you thinking? <laughs> in them, there's this love that goes back, and there's also giants in the land, which were kind of terrifying. Now, even after they conquered the land, they left many of the Canaanites alive. So Joshua's final speech included these words in Joshua 23. Know for certain that Jehovah, your God, or your Elohim, will no longer drive out these nations from before you. But they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides, thorns in your eyes. You know, that's just the worst right there. Until you perish from this good land which Jehovah, your Elohim, has given you. Now, of course, it wasn't all bad. Let's go back to the days of Abram. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the river, the great river, the Euphrates. So the promised land was intended to be really, really huge. The land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Raphites, Amorites, Canaanites, Gigashites, Jebusites, a bunch of ites. All of those ites. All them ites. Yeah. What I want you to think about is the Kenizzites. They're Canaanites, Right. Kenizzites are just all the different sons and sons of sons and of, of Canaan. One of the really important men of Judah is a guy named Caleb, right? Mm. He's one of the two spies who live because he didn't bring back a bad report. Numbers 32. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. Joshua 14. Jo Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. Joshua 14, 14. Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. So can I say it? Caleb is a Gentile. Specifically, he's a Canaanite who has joined himself to the God of Israel. So we have this command, wipe them out. They're idolaters. But some of them turn from idolatry and become loyal to the God of Israel. Not only did Caleb accept Jehovah's covenant, he becomes one of the leaders of the people and eventually the leader of the tribe. He's called the prince of the tribe of Judah. It's now Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. So by the time they go into the promised land, as a Gentile, who's no longer considered a Gentile, leading them. Hmm. So it's not a racial issue. Every one of these Canaanites had the opportunity to repent and turn to the real God. <clears throat> we have a few people who did that. You remember Rahab, hmm. the book of Joshua, right? So these are in the lineage of Jesus, too. And, of course, Caleb's first journey into the Promised Land, or the, the 11 spies isn't filled with ter terror or anything like that because he's just coming home. He's coming to family land. But he was adopted by the God of Israel into the tribe of Judah. So he was looking at home in a very different way. Now these were all born in Egypt, so none of them have been to the land, but historically you know, they're still related to it. The giants were God's enemy, so he wasn't afraid. So there was a hero on the ninth of Av. He was a Kenizzite. He was a Canaanite. He was a foreigner to the promises of God. And he was a child of the living God. So we can look at how this works in the future kingdom because I want you to think about it. We are <laughs> Gentiles, right? So specifically dividing up the land under the Messiah and the future kingdom. Listen to this. Ezekiel 47. 
You are to distribute this land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. You are to allot it as an inheritance for yourselves and for the foreigners residing among you and who have children. You are to consider them as native-born Israelites. Along with you, they are to be allotted an inheritance among the tribes of Israel. You see, God had this in the plan the whole time. It's even in the bloodline here. And whatever tribe a foreigner resides, there you are to give them their inheritance, declares Adonai Yehovah, the sovereign Lord. There's more to the ninth of Av than sadness and mourning because two of the ten spies had faith. I'm not going to eat eggs dipped in ashes today. I, I look at it very differently. The ninth of Av also is a day to remember a Gentile named Caleb. In him, we have a picture of what it means to find a way to do right, even when it looks like your destiny is bad. Hmm. This day is a signpost, a warning of what happens when you choose our own way. And this is what First Corinthians says, right? These people, uh, the things that happen to them are example for us. These things were written down as a living in the closing days of history. So people who think they are standing firmly should be careful that they don't fall. We just say these happen to make them an example for others. They probably didn't desire their life to be an example like that. But these things were written down for us by Moses and others as living in the closing days of history. We're mm. in the closing days of history. So people who think they're standing firmly should be careful that they don't fall. Mm. There isn't any temptation that you've experienced which is unusual for man. God, who faithfully keeps his promises, will not allow you to, to be tempted beyond your power to resist. But when you're tempted, he will also make the way of escape yeah. that you may be able to endure it and that was the story of Caleb he was wrong place wrong time wrong person but God made a way for him and he took it so this date in isn't just history it's the answer of how to stand Caleb is he's actually my if I have a Bible hero the one guy if you only meet one guy in heaven it'd be Caleb he's been my hero for 20 some years I just fascinates me how he did everything right and ends up 40 years with all these stupid people with the one <laughs> express purpose of burying them. It's just like, really? I did it all right. I got to go spend 40 years with these people. But he did it. At 85, went into the land and he killed the giants. Nothing changed with him. Just a amazing character and good reason. I think he's a good hero in the Bible.